A mother said to her son one time, she said, now look at that little boy over there. He's not misbehaving. And the son looked up at his mom and he said, maybe he has a good mother. Whoop. Well, then um, a little daughter, she says, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? Looking up at her mom, smiling real big. And her mom says, you know, I don't know, sweetheart. You'd have to ask your grandma. So mom's two children are in the kitchen and they're fussing and banging the cabinet doors and they said, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm cold, it's a little hot in here, I can't have... And they turn around and look and, where did you go? And then they walk out to their dad and say, where's mom? If you can relate to that, I know that I certainly can and I know that you can too. It seems like sometimes there's just some things that can't be done as well as a child is expected unless mom gets it done. Amen? All right. <clears throat> this morning, I wanted to talk to you from my heart. I didn't want it to be like a preachy sermon. Um, you can call it what you will, but... I just felt like there's so much going on right now in our society, and the unfortunate side to it is, is that we're still in a semi-quasi social distancing, quarantine, call it what you will, uh, state, and I think it just kind of added, it adds a little more insult to injury, but there's a lot going on in families, and when it gets close to Mother's Day, um, it seems to really affect um, a mother in a completely different way. But with all of that said, I just wanted to take time to talk to you from my heart. As a mom, I have two children, as most of you well know. And for those of you that don't, I have a grown daughter um, and a grown son. And yes, um, I will say this. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but you could probably figure it out. My youngest just turned 31. And I'm still only, I better say, 30, 40, 41. But anyway, you know, I've been through some really rough, through some stuff, let's just put it that way, some stuff with my two children. And, and the reality is, as long as God allows me to remain on this earth and them with me, and we walk this journey of life together as a mother, a daughter, and a son, we're still going to go through some stuff. They've been through some stuff with me. And they've stuck with me and they've loved me unconditionally. And I have been through some stuff with them. And I have stuck by them and I love them unconditionally. There's two books that I've been reading that I, I went back to to draw little nuggets um, from when I was putting this together. And the first one is the book by Max Lucado, uh, You'll Get Through This. And then the other one is by Joel Osteen, entitled Blessed in the Darkness. These are two really good books that are full of encouragement and scripture and examples um, of how people have overcome so many things in their lives. <clears throat> I'll tell you just a, a brief story here. Several years ago, when Phil and I had first moved here as youth pastors, uh, within the first couple of years, we decided to take our youth group on a rafting trip. I had never been on one, and I'm not a very good defensive swimmer. I like to see what's under my feet and know that how deep, how deep is it, and can I stand up? So I was a little, I was a little fearful, but yet, you know, my husband has always been an encourager for me, and he said, you can do this. 
you can do this. I know you can. It'll be so much fun. And I said, please don't make them put me in the very front of this raft. Just please don't make them put me in the front. So we get to where we're going, and we're in this room. It looks like a chalet from camp, if you've ever been to camp somewhere. And our guide comes in, and he's really sweet, and he says, okay. He starts pairing us off into these groups, and then he's picking, okay, you sit in this part of the raft, and you here and here. And he stuck me and Phil in the front. And I, my heart just started pounding. And I looked at Phil and I said, I told you I didn't want to sit in the front. Why didn't you say something? It'll be okay. So then he proceeds to go through all of these little rules and guidelines to follow as you're sitting in a raft. You have to put your feet a certain way. You have to hold the paddle a certain way. And you have to pedal this way and that way. And just when he shouts out an instruction, you just better do as he says. So then he hands us these little helmets and a life jacket. And he said, you have to wear this helmet because there's rocks, obviously, very large rocks in this river. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have, I'm going to fall out of this thing and I'm going to be banging my head up against all these rocks and that helmet's going to go flying off my head. You can imagine the scenario that I was already building for myself in my imagination. So the time comes, we get into the raft. <clears throat> and he said, there's five rapids, big rapids that have names that we're going to encounter on this trip. He tells us about them, and he said, just listen to my commands. So we get in, and he said, okay, here comes rapid one. And he said, do this, do that, and we did as, as instructed, and we're floating over, and I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm really enjoying this. This is fun. I looked at Phil, and he says, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, bring it on. Let's do it again. And... Uh, we get to the next one, it's a little more, you know, and kind of like an airplane that just hits a little bump, and then it kind of goes like this. And So here's my rafting trip. It's, it's an experience that built up a little anxiousness inside of me, but man, I was really getting excited after we encountered that, those first couple of rapids. And then they went on and on. Well, the fifth one was called Hell's Hole, imagine that. And it's where there's an undercurrent that is going one direction, but the water on the surface is going the other. And he said, I've never lost a person out of the raft at Hell's Hole. But just remember, if you fall out of the raft, you've got to, he told us, you're going to lean back, keep your face pointed towards the surface of the water, and begin to pedal your feet like you're on a bicycle. And I thought, okay, I can do that. But I hadn't fallen out. I've encountered four rapids. And with each one, they get a little more intense and a little more intense and a little more intense. You could hear this guy around the corner. I thought, oh, I'm envisioning these things that they show you in the movies where there's a waterfall and you're going, woo, you're in the air and the raft is way down there and you're just kind of flying, you know. That's what I had envisioned. But when I looked at it, I thought, okay, this can't be so bad. I can see it right there. Man, I geared up and stuck my feet in there and I was like, bring it on. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. And he's hollering out directions. I'm following them to a T. And that raft hit Hell's Hole. And it didn't hit on Phil's side. It hit on my side. And the raft dipped. And you can only imagine what happened next. I'm dipped. Phil's up here and he lost track or lost his footing, I guess. And he went, whoo, boom, and knocked me out of the raft. That's love. That's just love. And surprisingly enough, 
I had a quick moment of fear, but yet I did exactly the words that that guide kept saying just lean back, keep your eyes focused on the surface of the water, and begin to pedal your feet. Keep your arms up. And I did exactly that. I could see the raft going over top of me, I could hear people shouting and that, and whatever was going on. But I was so focused on the surface that eventually I came to the top and I wasn't fearful. Had to look for the rope that could pull me in on the bank to pull me out of those, those rapids. And when all was said and done, the guide said, I'm just going to be honest, ma'am, you really scared me. And then he said, but I hope this won't keep you from doing this again. I said, no, I'd do it again. I would. And he said, you would? I said, yes. You know why? Because I did exactly what you said. I trusted you to do exactly what you said. And when I did it, I wasn't afraid. I felt myself getting out, sucked out from underneath that, that opposing current, as you say, and I made it to the surface. And you know, being a mother, our journey through motherhood is much like a rafting trip, so much so that I called this motherhood the ultimate rafting trip. Our journey through motherhood, <clears throat> it's not a pain-free nor turbulent-free journey. You got to be real, it starts with childbirth. It all started with childbirth. There's pain in the delivery process. There's pain in your recovery. I had to have an emergency C-section with my first child, my daughter, Kristen, and I was a little fearful but that was soon, all of the, the experience, the pain that I went through, through the labor and, and the fear of being, having to be cut open to deliver a baby was just, it was shaking me. But something better lied beyond that experience, and that was that little baby girl when they put her in my arms. You know what? All of the other stuff just kind of seemed to fade in the background. There's even, there could even be pain in your recovery time. I had pain in recovery. You, if you mothers who have experienced childbirth by C-section, uh, you know that there can be some pain associated with that. But in those nine months <clears throat> of carrying my first little baby, I can look back on it and really feel like God was supernaturally preparing me for motherhood. It didn't mean that he was giving me all the right answers or all the right instructions. I wasn't full of wisdom. I was very young still. But I really felt like God was doing something in me to prepare me for this little gift that he blessed me with, blessed us, me and Phil. But the painful experience of birthing a child, like I said, it soon superseded because of the joy of being able to hold them in your arms. So as I had to go through the experience of a rafting trip, through the experience of nurturing a baby in my womb for nine months, and through the experience of delivering it, now I get to walk through the experience of raising her. And eventually, nearly five years later, I was gifted with a son. So I have had two children, two C-sections, and I have survived. <laughs> Max Lucado says in his book that through is one of God's favorite words. Through, not as in God threw the stick. No, as in we're going through something. Isaiah 43, 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, 
and through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. See, we don't expect every situation to be the same. Not every situation is going to be the same. You're going to experience something completely different at every phase of your child's life. And you're going to expa- ex- uh, excuse me, experience similar situations with both of your children, but they're different for boys, they're different for girls, and they're even different from one girl to another girl. So everything is different. But I can tell you this, that the outcome and how you overcome will never change. God doesn't guarantee us the absence of struggles when we have to pass through rough waters or the undercurrents or perhaps a raging fire. But in the circumstances that we face with our children, we, we can be promised and, uh, that we can overcome and there's a good outcome. You see, there's no promise that the first tear that you shed will be your last or that you'll never have a sleepless night. And there's no promise that you won't ever cry yourself to sleep. God knows I have. There's no promise that your children are going to think that they're the absolute best. And they'll always be on their best behavior. And they'll do everything that you say with a merry heart. Didn't happen. Some things do. I think the moments for, for me as a mother is when I would say, Kristen or Cameron, I need you to clean up that mess, please. And they'd go, okay. That's when I go, Ugh. But it's in the moments when you're like, how many times do I have to remind you? I already told you this on Monday, and we're now getting close to Friday, and you have not done what I have said yet. Those are the things that can cause much frustration in our, in our minds and in our hearts as moms. There's also no promise that they'll always be truthful with you or that they'll listen to your sound advice in order to make good choices. But there is a profound promise, Mom, that we have in Proverbs 22, 6, this is the promise that I hold on to. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. There's not a book, a guide, a YouTube video, a link, or any social media page that tells us how to be the perfect mom. We're not always going to get it right. I have made so many mistakes, my children can tell you, but you're not allowed to ask them. And neither are our children. They're not perfect. But the word of, our, but the word of God is our guide for wisdom and for encouragement, direction, and how to pray for and how to love our children in and through those turbulent times. It's full of promises. A mother's love for her children can be so strong that when they hurt, we hurt. I don't know about you, but when my children would come home and say, Mom, so-and-so pushed me, or they, they called me this, or they did this, my heart hurt for them because it, it, really, it really meant something for them, um, for me to share in the pain that they were experiencing. And no mother cares to hear how they're being mistreated by others, but nor do we care to hear that our child could perhaps be mistreating someone else. But like I said, when they're hurt or they're emotional, angered, and broken, we must be armed and ready to fight on their behalf. 
And I'm not talking about fighting the individuals who are hurting our children. I'm talking about the spirit that drives the hurt that can interrupt our relationship with our father and even perhaps our children. Even when our own children hurt us or cause us to be angry with them or even break our hearts. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had a broken heart from things either said or done by both of my children. We still have to fight on their behalf. Don't allow anything or anyone to break that bond that you share with your children. Psalm 142.2 says this, I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. See, God's not going to turn away in our distress. You don't know how many times at home I have walked around my house doing my motherly chores or whatever I'm doing, and I have had verbal conversations with God and said, by the way, you promised me here, and I would quote a scripture. Sometimes I would hold them in my hand and walk around the house. And God, you promised me that you would be faithful, that you would honor my cry. I just go on and on. But see, even Jesus, when he was taken to the cross, he offered up loud cries to his father when he was praying in the garden. So Jesus understands the pain that we experience as mothers. And I'm not, I'm not discarding the pain of a father. Believe me, I'm not. I have seen my husband also go through the pain of being a father. But it is Mother's Day. We want to honor moms. And I, I wanted to really target moms this morning and let you know you're not the only mother who has walked this journey or who has been on this rafting trip. When we know that we can't fix our children's problems or redirect them down a different path, the best thing for us to do is just pray our pain out. <laughs> And I understand that that's easier said than done. But I want to remind you too that God's presence is always with us. In moments of hurt, anger, brokenness, sleeplessness, and even in our hopelessness. His word gives us promise. In Psalm 56.3 it says, when I'm afraid, I will trust you. I'm afraid because I don't know what the outcome of their situation is going to be, but I'm going to trust you. Psalm 42, 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. I'm downcast because my children are engaging in behaviors that go against everything that I've ever taught them. I'm disturbed because I feel that I have failed. I don't feel like I can praise when I'm so distraught. You see, family pain is especially the worst pain that we can ever experience. We grieve when a friend experiences some trials and difficulties or loss or whatever it is. We grieve for them because we don't like to see our friends in pain. But the pain and the emotional thermometer rises when it affects our house. It affects our own flesh and blood. It means that we must release our child to God and allow him, allow our father to do what only he can do to direct them through life, through the waters, through the rivers, and through the fires that they experience. 
You know, we stand before the Lord. You've seen it done here on Sundays. We, we offer up our children to the Lord, dedicate them back to him, thanking him for these blessings and say that, yes, God, we're going to do our best as parents and we're going to leave the rest to you. However, when you hit a rapid, what's the first thing that we want to do? We want to control the situation. We want to control our children. We want to be able to control the circumstance. And yet we want to tell God how he should look after them. God, this is what you need to do. Don't you think he's well aware of what's going on? He is. And I can promise you, he really does care. I don't always want to do the right thing when being a mom is so hard. There's times when I want to pick up my purse and grab my car keys and go pay somebody a little visit. I want to go after those who have wounded my children or been a part of their bad choices. I can't, sometimes I want to say and do the very thing that will keep them from wounding themselves or others. I want to try to figure it out on my, my way, according to my guidelines. And I haven't always been the best at trusting God, even when I didn't understand it. Children can cause us so much pain. And their journey through life causes us pain. But we must ask ourselves, am I living a frustrated life with my pain because I can't see that my prayers that I lift up for my children are being answered the way I want or when I want? Think about the, pro the promise in Proverbs. If you continue to press on, Mom, and you be faithful to the promise that God has given you, you keep lifting them up before the Lord. And you raise them in the way they should go. And we have the promise from our Father that when they're old, they're not going to turn away from it. Let me tell you something. It's very hard and yet it's very humbling to ask God to give us a new perspective in dark places of motherhood. We may not always understand it. And it may not make sense. But God knows what he's doing. Sometimes I just kind of feel like, can you hurry it up just a little bit? You see, we have to give him full control over our children. We have to trust him unconditionally. It's through this process that we, can, we'll, we will shed more tears. We'll lose a few more nights sleep. Pain, the pain with motherhood is in a dark place where discouragement can set in. But think of this, why so downcast, O oh my soul? I put my hope and my trust in God. When I praise him, he will reveal to me what is necessary to give my child biblical and godly wisdom and guidance. And the other piece is, I have a promise. I know my breakthrough is coming. All these songs that were sung this morning spoke so deeply to my spirit. What hope and promise in each and every one. Pastor Charlie and team, thank you. So in conclusion, I just want to say this. We can't and nor will we ever be able to see the big picture for our children's lives. Whether you're just starting out or they're in their, if they're in their middle school years, God bless you, mom. If they're in their high school years, God bless you too. But just remember, regardless of how old they are, 
They can be 313, 18, 23, 33. You're still on that journey together, and you're going to experience some turbulence. We may be going through some rough waters, but in order to overcome, we've got to do as our guide, which is God our Father, has instructed us. In my case, keep your eyes focused forward. Even though I'm stuck in a turbulent situation, I could see the surface. I could see that I was just not very far from my breakthrough. And that how it sh- that's how it should be with God our Father. None of, us care to st- none of us care to be in one of those um, rapids for very long because it can be rather scary. And yet at the same time, you're alone in it. No one can dig you out of it. You've got to do exactly what you're told in order to overcome and to get through. Keep your eyes focused upward. Rely on God's directions and his promises. He will lift you up, and he'll take you to dry ground. God is our guide, and he controls the thermostat to every heated situation. It's our place to stay in the word, not tell him what to do, but we need to stay in his word. Trust his promises for, for the outcome that he has, he has promised for us and destined for our children. And we need to worship him and thank him for trusting me, for trusting you to be a mother. I want to pray for you this morning, if I may, please. So right there in your home, Mom, put your arms around your children. They're your gift. They're your treasures. Put your arms around them, around their leg. Grab their foot. If they're slouching across the the sofa in their pajamas, grab that slipper or that foot. And let me pray for you. God, my Father, give us the strength, Lord Jesus, to lead our children, whether they be young or grown, Give us that strength to lead them in your way. Give us wisdom and grace in our journey together. Help us to teach them the things that are rich and true. Let them see in us, God, your holiness in life and in word. Keep us from sinning by using harsh words that can hurt them so deeply. May their hearts trust us the way that we desire to be trusted and in the way that we desire to trust you. Father, keep our thoughts pure and fill us with a greater love for you so that they may see your goodness in all that we are. And may they know that this mother, these mothers, your beautiful daughters, love them unconditionally. And I ask this all in the name of Jesus, the strong son of God. Amen. Moms, have a beautiful and blessed, happy Mother's Day.